As followers of Jesus that love to play sports, we are called to not only serve Christ, but serve our teammates, our coaches, and anybody that we come in contact with. That is why today I invited on pro soccer player Jonathan Ricketts to discuss what it means to be a servant leader. Jonathan has played with Chattanooga FC, the Chattanooga Red Wolves, and is currently on Rio Grande Valley FC. Throughout our conversation, it's clear that Jonathan has made this a priority, this topic a priority in his career, and it's even more clear how hard he's worked to get to where he is now. So let's jump into it today and make sure to listen out for some great advice that he gives about how to practically be a servant on our teams and even some advice for those chasing their dreams of being a professional athlete. How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and our guest today is pro soccer player Jonathan Ricketts. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on today. How are you doing? Hey, doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Happy to be here. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think our conversation is going to be a really good one today. Uh, I'm really excited about the topic that we have. But as we kick it off, first, I would like to ask you, can you please just start us off by explaining your faith and sports journey and how those are kind of intertwined throughout your life? Yeah, I accepted Jesus as my savior from a very early age. I mean, I was four. I didn't really know a day where I didn't know the Lord, basically. Uh, I was raised in a church in a Christian home. Um, and I also started playing soccer and basketball around that age too, like four or five years old. Um, and then, let's see, after that, uh, I played soccer and basketball both all the way through eighth grade. Um, and then at 10 years old, I started playing soccer a little bit more competitively. Um, so technically, I, I live in Dayton, Tennessee, or I'm from Dayton, Tennessee, which is like 45 minutes north of Chattanooga. Um, but there weren't a whole lot of competitive sports there, mostly just... Uh, YMCA and stuff like that Um, and so we started driving to Chattanooga um, like three times a week for soccer and in eighth grade I I dropped basketball and just continued with soccer on from there because the opportunities were a little bit better locally for soccer than they were basketball which is kind of funny that that was the case you know soccer being you know better at the time than basketball but no yeah definitely definitely is soccer still your favorite sport or do you wish you could go back and play basketball Man, every every off season, I love just shooting a basketball again or playing a little bit of pickup or whatever. Um, actually, at the time that I dropped basketball, basketball was my favorite sport still when I dropped oh, yeah. it. Um, obviously, I still loved soccer, but I was like, man, like basketball is my favorite sport. Um, but I just didn't see a whole lot of um, opportunity uh, going the basketball route. Uh, I wasn't necessarily as good at basketball as I was at soccer. Um uh, my dream was always to play basketball at the University of Kansas, because uh, that's where my mom played basketball, so we're big Jayhawks fans, but, so I wanted to play basketball, and then, so dropping that was tough, for sure, um, but, I mean, the soccer route, you know, is working out so far, so. Yeah, I, w- I would say so, Yeah. <laughs> but um, when did you realize that your faith and your sports kind of have to be simultaneous. You have to, you know, include God, especially in sports. When did that kind of click for you and within your faith journey? Uh, I mean, my parents definitely always told us that me and my two siblings also played sports as well. Uh, My parents were always, you know, telling us that, you know, you're, you're playing for the Lord. um, You're using the gifts that he's given you. So you need to, 
you know, honor and respect uh, what he's given you and, and work your hardest. But for me, um, <clears throat> I would say it was probably like late middle school or high school when you really start to see uh, kids and players kind of branching out into their own sort of paths and not just um, not just being kids anymore. Um, so that's kind of when you or when I started to notice like, okay, this is really important that I um, act in, in good faith and that I'm, you know, a good example for Christ in, in my sport. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's very important. But this next question, it doesn't really have anything to do with your faith or, um, I guess the topic that we're going to talk about today, but I thought, I thought it was appropriate, uh, question to ask. Um, even though this, this interview won't come out for a few weeks, who do you have winning the World Cup? Because obviously that's such a big world event going on right now. I think, you know, we all want the U.S. to win, but who do you realistically see winning the World Cup? Yeah, so I actually just finished watching uh, uh, Poland and Argentina and the Mexico-Saudi Arabia game, so those were good games. But I have, I picked Spain to win it. Okay. Um, I love the way that Spain plays. They play super nice in front of watch. Um, really nice on the ball and stuff, but obviously, yeah, I would love to see the U.S. do it, and they've been very, very impressive so far. Um, got a couple injuries in the last game, but hopefully everyone will be back and healthy for, for Saturday yeah, morning. Yeah, definitely. So as we keep going in the conversation, can you explain your journey from Bryan College, where you went to college and played soccer at, to being a pro soccer player? Did you, throughout that time, did you always think that maybe you had a shot playing pro soccer, or did you even want to? Yeah, so I was probably 13 or 14 when I was kind of like, uh, I, I might have a chance at this, you know. Um, I had some people telling me that, some coaches telling me that, um, and I was kind of oblivious and unaware. I, was, I just loved to play, and like I knew I had, you know, a little bit of something, like uh, probably playing college, maybe something. Um, but yeah, when I was 14, 15, I was like, I don't really know what I want to do except for, you know, play sports. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of kids at that age, they don't really know what they want to do anyways. Right. Um, but even by the time I got to college, you know, and I was deciding what I wanted to major in, I was like, ah, I don't know, maybe athletic training, maybe coaching, something like that. So I ended up majoring in exercise health science, um, just, uh, just kind of a general major, um, kind of as a, a little backup plan slash I still don't know what I want to do kind of thing. I just want to kind of stay in the sports world probably. Yeah. Um, but then I played, uh, yeah, all four years at Bryan, um, had a good last two years. My first year I was struck by three or four different injuries that kind of took me out for over half the season. And then my sophomore year was kind of meh and then junior and senior year really took off. But I, I would say, uh, probably the biggest, um, advantage for me to the, to the pro world was playing with uh, the Chattanooga Red Wolves second team in uh, in Dalton, Georgia, the Dalton Red Wolves, because um, they were you know directly affiliated with the Chattanooga Red Wolves, uh, and they played in USL League Two, so it was still amateur. So USL Two is like a league where a lot of college players will go and play in the summer, um, to, you know, develop their craft and play with some of the other some of the other like best college players in the country and stuff like that. Um, so it's really good exposure there and. I already uh, had a relationship with the GM 
uh, from the past. And so he knew me and, um, you know, some of the coaches and, and staff there I had already known from the past too. So that, that was definitely a big help too. Mm, wow. So now as a pro soccer player, I mean, you've been doing this for a couple of years. How do you live out your faith on your team and to the fans that come to watch you? Because, you know, there's hundreds, hundreds of people coming to watch you. How do you live out Christ throughout, throughout your play? I would say kind of Romans 12-ish, uh, and do not be conformed to the, to the patterns of the world. So you're going to stand out um, by not living like the world. Um, you don't necessarily have to, uh, obviously it's great to be able to formulate words and talk and um, tell people what you believe, why you believe it and stuff like that um, and evangelizing. But even just by your actions, like people are going to see a difference between you know person A and person B. Um, based on the way that they're living their life, based on mm-hmm. the way, based on the way that they're handling their emotions on the field, um, and things like that. How how is soccer culture in you know in the USL? Is it uh, do you have a lot of Christians around you in your on your team or the people that you know like on different teams or your coaches? How, what what's that like? Um, so I had two or three uh, maybe in in Rio Grande Valley uh, believers. Uh, it's heavily Catholic. Uh, at least culturally, mm. culturally Catholic, because um, I mean, obviously, as you know, co- soccer is very uh, worldwide sport, uh, so much a worldwide sport. So you have a lot of uh, at least cultural Catholic um, people, and uh, yeah, not not a lot of uh, Christians. You have some here and there, but yeah, yeah, it's important to surround yourself with fellow Christians and fellow believers just to, you know, mm-hmm. keep you on the right path and not, like you said, Romans 12, don't be conformed to this world. That's, such, that's so important. As we move into our topic today, I really wanted to discuss something that seems to be pretty prevalent in Christian athletics. And I think it's a topic that we need to talk about. Uh, and this is servant leadership. What does it mean to you to be a servant leader? So kind of a similar similar thing like my parents have always talked to us me and uh, my brother and sister about uh, leading by example Uh, so of course servanthood was one of those things that we were taught to practice but uh, the term like servant leadership wasn't really talked about much until like my college years my school is super intentional about developing uh, servant leaders um, especially through sports programs Um, and I think one really cool thing about servant leadership is that it naturally breeds more servant leaders. You know, we've all been kind of off on the side uh, and then we see someone else demonstrate servant leadership and all of a sudden, you know, we want to be a part of it. We want to be, we want to be like that person. So it just, it creates a a really healthy environment overall. Yeah. I I never really thought about it like that. It kind of serving others creates more servants in a way. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that's basically very contagious. Exactly. And that's basically what Jesus did too. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, learning about this in college. And I think it was similar for me too when I first heard about being a servant leader and not, you know, wanting the glory for yourself. How do you practically serve? How have you practically served others on your team and just served people in your life in general? So, I mean, being in a team environment, the opportunities are endless, you know, to serve, to serve your teammates. Uh, for example, you know, a lot of the international guys, you know, maybe they don't have cars and they're always needing to run and get groceries or uh, so you, you know, give them a ride or let them borrow the car or, or whatever. And a lot of small colleges and clubs, they don't have equipment managers. Um, so, you know, it'll just be the guys picking up after practice. So 
you know, you all, I always need to be willing to, you know, go pick up, go pick up a few cones, go move a goal, whatever, until, until the job's, you know, completely done. Uh, so that's just a very easy, simple way to kind of, uh, demonstrate servant leadership for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as Christian athletes, it's our job to be servant leaders. Like we're, we're called to not be, um, I guess a transactional leader is as people like to call it, where, you know, you, you do something good and you expecting something back as a servant leader, you expect, you, you don't expect anything. You expect to just be there like Jesus was and serve others like he did. But as followers of Jesus, I think we're called to serve everyone around us and make the athletes we're around better. And I love that you brought up, you know, being a servant leader creates more servant leaders, which is that that's a really good quote. How do you remind yourself of this while you're playing? Uh, I would say probably uh, telling your teammates what they need to hear. Um, some teammates, because I mean, the goal is obviously, you know, to keep climbing and climbing and climbing um, in your individual careers. And so you want to do what's best for your teammate. Some teammates need, or everyone needs, you know, a kick in the butt at, at, at some point. Um, and, Sometimes your teammates, a lot of the times, need encouragement. You know, they you need to you need to pick their pick their head up uh, and lift them up. So I would just I would just say telling them what they need to hear. Um, you know, being beside them along the way, along the journey, because everyone everyone's sharing a common goal um, in sports. So that's a big one. In, in regards to your opponent, I would say you know giving them your best, give your all, so that you're showing them respect, and so and they're going to respect you as well if you. If you respect them, most likely they're going to respect you too. Yeah, I think if people people that are listening to this, I think you just mentioned giving your all is kind of a way of serving because you know you're serving the game and you're serving uh, your opponents because I mean they're there to compete against you in a way. Uh, so that's that's really good to talk about. How can athletes want to serve the team when even when they're losing when you know stuff something's not going their way when they're not even getting the playing time that they want, how can they want to serve? Because it's easy to want to serve the team when you're winning and you're really comfortable with your role. On the flip side of that, how in the world do we do this when we're not happy with what we're doing? Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard of, heard of the book, um, what's it called, The Assist? A yes. Gospel-Centered Guide to Glorifying God. I'm reading right now, here. actually. Okay, nice. Yeah. So uh, a few of us on the team you know, went through that with our team chaplain every week, just like a chapter a week throughout the season. And that definitely had a lot of, you know, good things to say about, uh, you know, how to how to react when you're winning, how to react when you're losing, um, and how to glorify God through all those different moments. Um, and, you know, it talked about, should you be happy when you're losing or, you know, whatever. And the answer is obviously, no, you shouldn't necessarily be happy when you're losing and all, you know, gleeful and everything like that. But um, you definitely have an opportunity to shine brighter in those darker moments in a, in, in a team environment um, because the, the energy is typically negative and um, people tend to be, uh, have less of a, a servant's mind and more of a, definitely more of a selfish attitude in those times it, it can be. And, you know, so you can really take the opportunity to lead in, in those moments. Yeah. If I remember right, one of the things that Brian Smith talks about in the assist is 
Like, it's okay to be mad if you lose. It's okay to want to succeed and want to be the best at your sport without, I don't know, denouncing God and thinking that you're better than him. Because obviously it's about perspective, but as athletes, we want to compete and we want to win and we want to be on the field. And it's just, it's easy to, I think as a Christian to say like, oh, God doesn't really care about sports, but he does because he puts, he put sports on in this world. Um, I don't, I don't know how, how familiar you are with coaching, but obviously you've been coached for your entire life now. How important is it for a coach to have a servant mindset along with the players that they coach? Yeah, so I, I've definitely coached like a little bit uh, in the off seasons with younger kids and stuff like that or worked camps. Uh, and that's definitely a top priority for me is, you know, demonstrating that servant leadership and uh, making sure that all the kids are taken care of and um, making sure that uh, you just in general demonstrate, you know, good, good morals, good characteristics um, just so that they can, you know, because kids are always watching. Uh, the younger kids are always watching mm. to see how their parents do things, how their teachers, how their coaches do things. So that's always been super important. But in in maybe the college and professional sports world, I wouldn't say for a coach it's as important as it is that the team creates that culture within their own group in the locker room. Um, I've been a part of teams with both more selfish coaches and teams with more selfish players, uh, but not really at the same time. Um, but obviously, if you have both going for you, then that would be the best case scenario to create a successful environment. Um, so it's definitely important for a coach to have those those attributes too. But if you know, I would say it's more important for the players to have that themselves because they're the ones week in week out that are step on the field or, or the court or whatever and and have to have to perform. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think for coaches specifically, you can you can pretty much tell when a coach wants the glory and wants to have the glory for his players. And I think there's a balance there. And I love that you brought up, it's more important for the players to be servants because I mean, they're always on the field. They're always in the trenches with their teammates. Yeah. It's okay. If uh, a coach is more selfish in a way, but as a player, as a teammate, yeah, we're, I think we're definitely called to be a servant no matter what. Mm. Um, but Jonathan, it's been great speaking with you today. Uh, the last question I had for you doesn't really apply to servant leadership, but I think it would apply to players and kids that are listening to this right now. For someone that wants to play professionally in any sport, what advice could you give them to make that dream come true? Is there like a, I'm, I'm sure there's not a secret formula, but what, what did you do to get to where you are today? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly if there's any sort of secret sauce or anything, but uh, obviously training, uh, putting in the hours, taking care of your body, finding good coaches who, you know, who can help you develop your craft, um, doing all the little things well, um, you know, technical players are, are the best players in, in any sport typically. Um, and one thing that was very important for me in my experience so far is be a versatile player. Um, I've played in Five, four different positions in my professional career already. Um, and so just being having that versatility, being able to play in the back. Now I'm a right back in college. I was a left winger, center mid, center forward for four years. Um, and then my first training session of my professional career, I was a right back. Um, and I've you know gone over to the left some and um, 
played on the wing a couple of times. And so just, uh, yeah, being versatile really, really help your chances um, to get to get to the next level. Each level you climb, you have to, you know, give yourself the the most chances possible. So that would be a huge one. Yeah, yeah, that's great advice. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on today. I really do wish you the best of luck as you're climbing through the ranks of pro soccer. And just uh, I pray for you and your family. Uh, and just thank you again for our conversation. Could I add one more thing real quick? Of course, go ahead. Yeah, okay. Uh, just one of the questions that um, we had talked about earlier is relating servant leadership to, to this, to this question. And I would say, yes, you definitely can relate servant leadership to um, you know, the growth in jumping to the professional level or the college level or whatever your your goals may be. So yeah, you can. And I would say one of the biggest reasons is, uh, you know, every scout's first concern really at any level is whether or not the player is going to bring trouble to the front door. Um, so just being a good person in general will go a long way for you in, in getting that chance. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, holding tight to your Christian values and being servant-minded might may or may not be the difference maker of a club or a college or whatever taking a chance on you or even showing interest at all so yeah i would say definitely it can it can help you in the in the long run for sure Hmm. wow yeah that's a great great last word uh jonathan as we close it down today i just thank you so much for coming on today uh i just wish you all the best with your pro soccer journey uh and your career thank you ken All right, well, for all the listeners out there, please share this episode, leave a rating and review on the podcast. If you don't get anything else from this, just remember this, Jesus loves you and he's gonna fight for you no matter what. Talk to you next time.